Our loving Father in heaven, thank you for giving us the opportunity and privilege to be among the living today. Lord, take our lives and let it be consecrated to thee. Make us instruments by which your will will be done on this earth. As we come closer and closer to the end of time, to the coming of our Lord, we see the necessity for us to be having a greater nearness to you. We want the manna from above to feed us, to strengthen us, to edify us and build us up into the image of Christ. Lord, please put your words in my mouth for that purpose, that the words that will be spoken now shall be such as will help to purify us, to strengthen, to edify us, that we may grow into the fullness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Lord, shed your love abroad in our hearts and grant to all who are listening the gift of your Spirit that we may rightly divide the word of truth and these words we will hear shall be received into our lives positively. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, April 24 no hiding from God. Neither will I be with you any more, except ye destroy the accursed from among you. Joshua chapter 7 verse 12. The sin of one man caused Israel to be beaten before the enemy. Something more than prayer was required. They were to get up and cleanse the camp of Israel. Have you considered why it was that all who were connected with Achan were also subjects of the punishment of God? It was because they had not been trained and educated according to the directions given them in the great standard of the law of God. Achan's parents had educated their son in such a way that he felt free to, to disobey the word of the Lord. The principles inculcated in his life led him to deal with his children in such a way that they also were corrupted. The punishment reveals the fact that all were involved in the transgression. The history of Achan teaches the solemn lesson that for one man's sin, the displeasure of God will rest upon a people or a nation till the transgression is searched out and punished. Sin is corrupting in its nature. One man infected with its deadly leprosy may communicate the taint to thousands. Those who occupy responsible positions as guardians of the people are false to their trust if they do not faithfully search out and reprove sin. The love of God will never lead to the belittling of sin. It will never cover or excuse an unconfessed wrong. It has to do with all our acts and thoughts and feelings. It follows us and reaches every secret spring of action. By indulgence in sin, men are led to lightly regard the law of God. Many conceal their transgressions from their fellow men and flatter themselves that God will not be strict to mark iniquity. But his law is the great standard of right and with it Every act of life must be compared in that day when God shall bring every work into judgment, with every secret thing, whether it be good or evil. Purity of heart will lead to purity of life. 
All excuses for sin are vain. Who can plead for the sinner when God testifies against him? Amen. The title of our devotion for today is No Hiding from God. As we are looking at the story of Achan, we are looking at our own story for us today. Remember that Romans 15 verse 4 tells us that the things which were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience of the, and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So as we read the story of Achan, there is something to learn. But not only are the things written for our learning, but specifically the story of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt and going to Canaan is not just for learning, but it is an ensemble. We read in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6 and verse 11, that all these things happen to them for ensamples. What is an ensemble? An ensemble is a type. It is an ex- a replica of what is going to happen. So, an ensemble of what? It says it was written for an ensemble for those who are living at the end of time, upon those whom the end of the world is come. That is what it is written for. So, what happened in those days, in the time of the children of Israel leaving Egypt to come to Canaan, is an ensemble. It's a type of what will happen to us. These are the potential dangers to warn, and also not just the potential dangers to warn about, but also to look at the way God responds to various things at various times. So, reading from Joshua 7 verse 10, we will see what happened after Joshua was praying and the Lord said there was an accursed thing among them. Reading from verse 10, it says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up. Wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? Israel hath sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them. For they have even taken of the accursed thing, and have also stolen and dissembled also. And they have put it even among their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies but turned their backs before their enemies, because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you any more, except you destroy the accursed from among you. Up, sanctify the people, and say, Sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, There is an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel. Thou cannot stand before thy enemies, until ye take away the accursed thing from among you. We have already seen what this means. Yesterday we looked at the various things that may be happening within our individual lives and as a body, as a church, that needs to be taken away from us. It is not necessarily about destroying people now, but taking away the sin from the people and also those who are committing the sin. If they will not be reformed, then the Lord knows how to deal with them. But we see one thing for us to learn as individuals, that the Lord will be against us. If we leave the accursed among us, do not deceive yourself into saying, Oh, we are all sinners, the Lord knows how to, uh, how to help us and all that. No, 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 no. The Lord is teaching us a lesson. I will not be among you except you take the accursed from among you. Especially as we come to this time, just before the coming of Jesus. The timing for this issue is, it matters a lot. So God is saying to them, you need to find, search out that accursed thing and take it from among you. Destroy. That's what he says. Now, let us see what happens next. Reading from verse 14, it says, In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought according to your tribes, and it shall be that the tribe which the Lord taketh shall come 
according to the families thereof, and the family which the Lord shall take shall come by households, and the household which the Lord shall take shall come man by man. And it shall be that he that is taken with the accursed thing shall be burnt with fire, he and all that he hath, because he had transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he had wrought fully in Israel. So Joshua rose up early in the morning, and brought Israel by their tribes, and the tribe of Judah was taken, and he brought the family of Judah, and he took the family of the Zarhites, and he brought the family of the Zarhites man by man, and Zabdi was taken. And he brought his household man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was taken. Like I said, the timing of this event is very important. The children of Israel are about to enter Canaan. But as they are engaging in the warfare, someone among them secretly takes of the accursed thing and hides it and pretends like he is one of Israel. There is no hiding from God, though there is hiding from men. Canaan will not be inhabited by any who cherishes sin, even secret sin, or who has anything of this world with them. God proceeds through Joshua to search out the sin and purify the camp from the sin in it. He gives opportunity for a reformation. Joshua begins to search. And what does this searching out of sin represent for us? And when is, is it most important for us? To bring this story into proper pers- perspective for us, I'll read from Testimonies, Volume 3, page 266, paragraph 2. It says, concerning this Achan story, it says, The true people of God who have the spirit of the work of the Lord and the salvation of souls at heart will ever view sin in its real sinful character. They will always be on the side of faithful and plain dealing with sins which easily beset the people of God. Especially, take note now, especially in the closing work for the church in the sealing time of the 144,000 who are to stand without fault before the throne of God, will they feel most deeply the wrongs of God's professed people. This is forcibly set forth by the prophet's illustration of the last work under the figure of the men each having a slaughter weapon in his hand. One man among them was clothed with linen, with a writer's incon by his side. And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. In the case of Achan's sin, God said to Joshua, Neither will I be with you any more except you destroy the accursed from among you. How does this instance compare with the cause pursued by those who will not raise their voice against sin and wrong, but whose sympathies are ever found with those who trouble the camp of Israel with their sins? Said God to Joshua, Thou cannot stand before thine enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. He pronounced the punishment which would follow the transgression of his covenant. End of quote. So what are we learning here? This story of Achan is likened to the sealing of the 144,000, which we see in the book of Revelation 7 and also Ezekiel chapter 9. Yesterday, we saw that God listed out the sins that he wanted to take away from his people that they were practicing in Ezekiel 22. And within Ezekiel 22, he said what he was going to do about it. Ezekiel 22 verse 17 says, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, the house of Israel is to me become dross, all they are brass and tin and iron and lead. In the midst of the furnace, they are even the dross of silver. 
Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, because ye all are become dross, behold, therefore, I will gather you into the midst of Jerusalem, as they gather silver and brass and iron and lead and tin into the midst of the furnace, to blow the fire upon it, to melt it. So will I gather you in mine anger and in my fury, and I will leave you there and melt you. Yea, I will gather you and blow up upon you in the fire of my wrath, and you shall be melted in the midst thereof. As silver is melted in the midst of the furnace, so shall you be melted in the midst thereof, and you shall know that I the Lord have poured out my fury among you. So here, what is going on? When you put silver, iron, lead, tin into into the furnace, what are you trying to do? Purification. After the Lord said that I am seeing these sins among my people, the next thing he says is, you people are like dross to me. In other words, you are unrefined metal. And God says, because of the dross, I'm going to put them in the fire. God says, I'm going to put his church in the fire for the purpose of purification so that the dross can be removed. The purification is the ch- is of the church is what Joshua was told to do, to search out the sin among the people. So what does this searching out represent for us today? Like we were already seeing a hint of it. It was, it was done by Joshua and the elders. They were the ones that did the searching among the people. So what does that represent? The leaders of the church today have a work to do to search out the sin among his members and make sure that it is taken away. Reading, continuing in Testimonies, Volume 3, page 265, paragraph 1, concerning this issue of Achan and how we can apply it to ourselves. Hear it now, what it says. It says, I have been shown that God here, that is in this story of Achan, illustrates how he regards sin among those who profess to be his commandment-keeping people. Those whom he has specially honored with witnessing the remarkable exhibitions of his power, as did ancient Israel, and who will even then venture to disregard his express directions, will be subjects of his wrath. He would teach his people that disobedience and sin are exceedingly offensive to him and are not to be lightly regarded. He shows us that when his people are found in sin, they should at once take decided measures to put that sin from them that his frown may not rest upon them all. But if the sins of the people are passed over by those in responsible positions, his frown will be upon them. And the people of God as a body will be held responsible for those sins. In his dealings with his people in the past, the Lord shows the necessity of purifying the church from wrongs. So take note of that statement. God is showing the necessity of what? purifying the church from wrongs to be done by who those in the in the position of leadership and if they don't do it god regards it as the church itself as a body being held responsible for the sins that they refuse to rebuke and speak again so let me continue the reading now it says one sinner may diffuse darkness that will exclude the light of god from the entire congregation when the people realize that darkness is settling upon them and they do not know the cause, they should seek God earnestly in great humility and self-abasement until the wrongs which grieve his spirit are searched out and put away. End of quote. You see, clearly what the Lord wants us to do today. We don't need, as I am now, I don't need any leader to come and search my life for me. It is necessary that they do it for the church. But now that I'm hearing this, I need to start searching my own life to purify the evil in myself that I may not be a cause 
for the church as a body to be in sin and the frown of the Lord will be upon his people. And like we saw yesterday that the Lord said, I will slay both the righteous and the wicked. In other words, because of the sin existing within the church that has not been rebuked and spoken against, when we go out to do a work for the people of the world, to help them know the truth, we will not be getting victories. Why? Because of the sin in the camp of Israel. And also, we ourselves cannot even get victory for our own individual lives because somebody else is influencing us to go into sin. One man's sin is influencing the rest of the people. That is what God is trying to say. It's not just that his sin is isolated to himself. When there is sin in the camp, it influences the church. It's a living that will affect others. Like we saw in our devotion, Conflict and Courage, page 120, paragraph 4. It says, The history of Achan teaches the solemn lesson that for one man's sin, the displeasure of God will rest upon a people or a nation till the transgression is searched out and punished. Sin is corrupting in its nature. One man, infected with its deadly leprosy, may communicate, or I would say contaminate, the taint to thousands. Those who occupy responsible positions as guardians of the people are false to their trust if they do not faithfully search out and reprove sin end of quote you see the purpose of the search was to purify the people by removing sin from the camp god's people are to be purified just before getting their immortal inheritance before they enter into the heavenly canaan ai ai the, the, the nation that destroyed them was just in canaan there they were about to enter so also with us we are in the sealing time and the lord is doing a work of sealing his people and those who will not be sealed the men with the, the five men with the slaughtering weapons will destroy we'll look at that concept tomorrow but for today we need to understand that as a church the leaders of the church and we don't need to wait for the leaders we need to do it for ourselves we need to search out the sin in our lives and be sure don't make excuses for it don't make excuses for it so what is it that will bring about this purification of the church what brings about the searching out of the sin that will bring out the people to be purer than what they are what is it that is that fire that the lord will put the dross into the silver the tin the iron the lead that will purify it it is nothing but the street testimony like we have seen in other devotions, the street testimony is needed, the pointed testimony is needed, it has a work. What is the purpose now of the pointed testimony? It is for the purification of the church. Hear this, Testimonies Volume 1, page 181, paragraph 2 says, The testimony of the true witness has not been half-heeded. The solemn testimony upon which the destiny of the church hangs has been lightly esteemed, if not entirely disregarded. This testimony will work, must work deep repentance and all that truly receive it will obey it and be purified." End of quote. This is that street testimony we talked about during the sh at the time when we were talking about the shaking. The purpose of it is not to make people angry. People should not rise up against it. When you hear people teaching you, telling you this is the wrong that is going on in the church and they are faithfully preaching it from the word of God, showing you in God's word why this is wrong, why that is wrong, do not rise up in annoyance because you are thinking that someone is taking away your joy from you. No, the Lord is trying to purify you. He's trying to help you. And what are the things that he's taking away? The, the straight testimony will tell us like we read yesterday from the book of Ezekiel 22. Many things going on in the church that we need to separate ourselves from. And we read just now that the destiny of the church hangs on this. Again, in te 3 Testimonies, page 255, paragraph 4, it says, The terrible iniquity which abounds, calls for the greatest diligence 
and for the living testimony to keep sin out of the church that is the representative of this issue between joshua and Achan to keep sin out of the church how can we keep sin out of the church if you're not preaching against it you see your members like we read yesterday they are practicing lewdness you see the ladies you see the men they are dresses of the world worthy of the earth earthly they paint themselves like jezebel and no one is saying nothing about it the members are bringing politics into the church there's no street testimony about it they are not separating the clean from the unclean the priests are not separating the clean from unclean they are profaning the sabbath day of the lord nobody is saying anything how will the church be purified if we keep remaining silent we need a straight testimony some people are ignorant they don't even know these things and as far as the leaders are keeping quiet about it what did we read is going to happen the lord will hold the church responsible for it he says his frown will be upon them and the people of god as a body will be held responsible for those sins if we pass by them if those who are in position pass by them and do not do say something about it we here to go to church sabbath after sabbath hearing message after message and all we keep hearing is oh the lord will bless you peaceful testimony a peaceful testimony will not bring about the transformation and purification that is needed spiritual gifts volume 2 page 283 paragraph 2 says by some there is a shunning of the living testimony cutting truths must not be shunned it needs something besides theory to reach hearts now it needs the staring testimony to alarm and arouse that will stare the enemy's subjects and then honest souls will be led to decide for the truth end of quote so don't hate the straight testimony some people will feel like ah look at how this minister is speaking he's speaking as if he's offended he's speaking as if he is angry don't you see what's going on in the church does he not need somebody to do, do like god told ezekiel to do god told ezekiel sigh now with the breaking of thy loins sigh he even told him i have smitten my hands at thy dishonest gain what is the smiting of the hands he said i have smitten my hands at thy dishonest gain and you are checking the mannerisms of the pastor checking whether he's courteous enough when you are looking at the things that are going on in the church that needs some rebuke and nobody is saying anything about it and then you are looking at say oh the man the, the minister is being too worked up why shouldn't he be worked up when the evils are going on in the church like we read in ezekiel 22 that they have set light by father and mother brother sleeping with the having sex with each other in the church the dresses and also you talk about idolatry practicing things that are not of god in the church of god all these things they indeed need a staring testimony and how is this testimony going to be worked it says that it will cause those who hear it to be aroused again reading from spiritual gifts volume 2 page 299 paragraph 2 it says it is the pointed testimony that will bring up the people to decide a peaceful testimony will not do this the people have the privilege of listening to this kind of teaching from the pulpits of the day but god has servants to whom he has entrusted a solemn fearful message to bring out and fit up our people for the coming of christ end of quote so ministers leaders who are listening wake up we need to give the pointed testimony and give it against the sins that is being practiced in the church which is just like Achan dissembling stealing and taking of the accursed thing now in our case it is not even hidden like Achan's own it is blatant 
it is very clear you don't need to search to even find it just look and you see it all around you except maybe our eyes have been blinded also by the world and then we'll see i don't see anything wrong in this you see the short dresses the girls who are sitting in church their laps are showing their nakedness and the men also dressing in the tightness of their of their garments and you see the same thing people going after one another adultery fornications happening in church and you say i don't see anything wrong with it everything i don't see anything wrong with it they are profaning the sabbath i don't see anything wrong with it there's nothing wrong in the dramas going on in the church there's nothing wrong in the dancing and the partings going on in church there's nothing wrong in the birthdays that people are changing the day of the lord to their own day and all these things everybody if you are blinded i don't see anything wrong with it why will anyone see anything wrong with it when we have become indeed like laodicea wretched miserable poor blind and naked we need the eyes out so that you can start seeing something wrong with the things that the lord sees something wrong with who is the one that is doing the searching it is the people of god that is to do the leaders and the, like we read in the devotion the love of god will never lead to the belittling of sin that is what is happening i don't see anything wrong i don't see anything wrong they are belittling sin it will never cover or excuse an unconfessed wrong it has to do with all our acts and thoughts and feelings. It follows us and reaches every secret spring of action. By indulgence in sin, men are led to lightly regard the law of God. Many conceal their transgressions from their fellow men and flatter themselves that God will not be strict to mark iniquity. But God, but his law is a great standard of right. And with it, every act of life must be compared. So God is going to check. So don't say the Lord is not going to check. Now, when you look at what happened in the case of Achan, he dissembled. And remember the things God said they should not touch. They are cursed in, and also the gold and the silver which were going to be used and taken to the Lord's treasury. What does that represent? Still reading concerning this Achan's issue in Testimonies, Volume 3, page 269, paragraph 1, it says, I saw that many who profess to be keeping the commandments of God are appropriating to their own use the means which the Lord has entrusted to them and which should come into his treasury. They rob God in tithes and in offerings. They dissemble and withhold from him to their own hurt. They bring leanness and poverty upon themselves and darkness upon the church because of their covetousness, their dissembling, and their robbing God in tithes and in offerings. End of quote. So specifically, they're taking out what Achan did in taking something that's supposed to be in the treasury of the Lord is the same thing as us today withholding our tithes and offerings from where it should go to, the appropriate channels where it should be. And God is saying to us today, before we enter the heavenly kingdom, we must get it right. You know the issue of tithes and offerings is something that nobody can monitor. Nobody knows how much you're supposed to give in your tithes and offerings. And that's why it is a secret thing. It's a secret sin that nobody is able to tell. Many give excuses. They will say, oh, I'm a, I'm a widow. I can't give my tithe. I'm an orphan. I can't give my tithe. I have this, this duty or that duty to perform. I can't give it faithfully. Nobody knows. The pastor doesn't know. The members don't know. Only you and God knows. But then, God there's no hiding from God. You can hide from men, but there's no hiding from God. But then the Lord wants his member, his people, his leaders, the people who are appointed to do this work. It doesn't mean anybody who calls himself pastor. No. When you see someone who is able to do the work of giving the pointed straight testimony, you will know that this person burden has been laid on his or her heart to point out these wrongs in the lives of others. And so it was in the days of uh, Joshua. He was the one with the elders. It wasn't just anybody who was searching it out. So to explain this in Testimonies, Volume 3, page 269, Paragraph 2, we are told, I saw that many souls will sink in darkness because of their covetousness. 
the plain straight testimony must live in the church or the curse of God will rest upon his people as surely as it did upon ancient Israel because of their sins. Is the curse of God not already resting on us? And many will wonder, where is the curse of God in us? How many victories are you getting in change in transformation of your character? Because that is the real measure of God's blessing in your life. It's not about whether you're getting jobs or whether you're having money and all of that. And we need to search ourselves to ask, are we not doing things that the Lord has said we should not do? Is the Lord against us? Yes, if we are doing things he said we shouldn't do. God holds his people as a body responsible for the sins existing in individuals among them. If the leaders of the church neglect to diligently search out the sins which bring the displeasure of God upon the body, they, the leaders, become responsible for these sins. But to deal with minds is the nicest work in which men ever engaged. All are not fitted to correct the erring. They have not wisdom to deal justly while loving mercy. They are not inclined to see the necessity of mingling love and tender compassion with faithful reproofs. Some are ever needlessly severe and do not feel the necessity of the injunction of the apostle. And of some have compassion, making a difference and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. There are many who do not have the discretion of Joshua and who have no special duty to search out wrongs and to deal promptly with the sins existing among them. Let not such hinder those who have the burden of this work upon them. Let them not stand in the way of those who have this duty to do. Some make it a point to question and doubt and find fault because others do the work that God has not laid upon them. These stand directly in the way to hinder those upon whom God has laid the burden of reproving and correcting prevailing sins in order that his frown may be turned away from his people. Should a case like Achan's be among us, there are many who would accuse those who might act the part of Joshua in searching out the wrong, of having a wicked, fault-finding spirit. God is not to be trifled with. And his warning is disregarded with impunity by a perverse people. End of quote. So God is telling us, you see, don't be against the, those men who you see. It is their responsibility to search out these things and rebuke and correct wrong. Here now, God is not talking about destroying people, but to point out the wrong in people's lives and help them in mercy and love to come out of sin into righteousness and be purified. So there's no hiding from God indeed. And if we continue in the sins that we are permitting in the church today, a lot is permitted in the church today, a lot that is blatantly evil, how can we expect the Lord to be with us? When we have the example of Achan, if the Lord is still with us today while committing these iniquities, then the Lord will certainly have to give an apology to the children of Israel for allowing those 30 plus people to die in battle because of one man's sin, just one man. Let us learn the lesson. Leaders, are we really going to the heavenly Canaan? Or have we become like the unjust steward who is saying, my Lord, the Lord is coming and is looking forward to enjoying himself on this earth? If we really want to do the work of the Lord today, let us open our eyes and start to do the work of searching out the sin in the church and rebuking and correcting wrongs that we all may be purified, ready to enter into the kingdom of the Lord. May the Lord help us to really look into these things so that we can come to that state of purity that the Lord wants us to be in 
and be ready for the coming of the Lord. Don't despise the message of reproof. Don't despise the wrong. Don't be attached to sin so that you are loath to let go of it and start to justify evil when it is an indeed evil. May God help us to really come into a place where we understand and make the change when necessary. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, I pray that your Holy Spirit shall be upon all hearts that are listening now. Share your love abroad in our hearts that we may see sin for what it is. That we may not be the ones who will bring your displeasure upon the body, the church. Lord, help us to search out the sin in our personal lives that it may be removed from the camp. And bless the leaders, those who are in responsible positions to do this work that they may faithfully discharge their duties, that we may be a pure church ready for our immortal inheritance. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you.